And um, Aaron, do we have uh, Kevin Longquist lined up? We do. He, we've got him. Oh, online. good, good. Uh, Kevin uh, joining us now, and we got several things to talk about, including some great news for the Baylor Bears. It's a good weekend, and um, uh, and I've, I've been trying to. In fact, I was I was uh, aware of some some 2024 quarterbacks who showed up down at camp. So I've been trying to do my part. Kevin, uh, you don't normally lean on me for recruiting knowledge, but I'm going to, I may feed you some stuff. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, th- this, this, um, this Baylor, these couple of Baylor recruits we'll get to in a minute, but Kevin, I wanted to ask you about this, uh, story that's b- become a national story. Quinn Ewers at, uh, at, at South Lake Carroll, was going into his senior year. He is the number one recruit in the country, uh, the number one quarterback for sure, uh, by everybody's estimation. And he has made the decision to skip his senior year of high school and enroll early at Ohio State. And I, as I understand it, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to like win the starting job or whatever. But I mean, I, I think he's on pace to somehow graduate from high school. So. There is a chance what should be his senior year in high school, he could be playing for the Buckeyes. Uh, Kevin, I would say this this might have a little NIL involvement. Uh, there might that might be impacting Quinn Ewers' choice here to leave Texas and head on to Columbus. You know, Matt, you might be the biggest understatement of the day by saying that, but yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it because there have been some reports that have suggested that you know he could be walking into seven figures in terms of what his nil possibilities are and you know and this goes back to i know matt when you and i first started talking about this situation with the nil my greatest concern was how is this going to play in the locker room because you're going to have basically half a dozen to ten guys on your team that are going to be making perhaps 90% of what sponsors and so forth are going to be willing to commit to college kids, and then the rest are going to be left out in the cold city, nothing. Now you add this layer to this where you have a guy that's walking onto your campus, hasn't proven anything to the uh, Buckeyes coaching staff, much less his teammates, where you better sell it pretty hard in your locker room in order to win credibility, and this NIL thing is following you into the locker room when you get there in August or later this month, per se, because I think Ohio State starts workouts tomorrow, and it's going to be you're going to have that perception preceding you before you even step foot in the locker room. And so he's going to have to do some nice political tap dancing in order to navigate through that before he proves himself. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to start. The one disadvantage, that, the one advantage that he has is the fact that no one on the Buckeyes' possibilities have seen a snap in college football. But the other thing is that they haven't gone through what they went through in spring either. So there's so there's that as well. Yeah, it's uh, and and that's a fair point that you make. He shows up. He may have some nil deals in hand. Guy's going to make some money. You know, we're already talking about Alabama quarterback never taken or barely taken any snaps. Who's going to make seven figures? This guy's going to show up with that uh, golden kind of bleached hair with a mullet. Uh, and, and you're right. You've got to, uh, you've got a lot to prove and they're going to want to see everything going on there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I would like to think, Kevin, 
that that this isn't gonna like some kind of flood of this. It's much more likely, and we've seen a couple guys already announce that they're just not gonna play their senior year so they can train and not get hurt before college. I, I think that's more likely than this, but I mean I you know, Texas does have some unbelievable players and if they could go ahead and graduate from high school and get an early jump on college, you know, there'll be more people try this. Do, do you think yeah. this is going to lead to to problems? Well, I think we kind of have to wait and see what happens for the next year or two. I, I mean, I think, you know, Matt, we were all okay with the kids, you know, finishing up uh, in the fall and then arriving in, in January. And, of course, the big complaint there was, well, you couldn't finish high school with your friends and you weren't going to prom and all that other stuff. Well, that's really kind of, you know, minimal in, in comparison to what you're dealing with now. I think I, I think in a situation like with yours, um, you know, he, he's – I think he's going to be in one of those select type of situations. You're coming from a marquee program in South Lake Carroll, decorated for many, many years as one of the greatest programs in the history of Texas high school football. If you were a quarterback that was, say, coming from, not to begrudge any high school program across the state, but if you were coming from, like, San Antonio uh, Brennan, or if you were coming from, uh, you know, Cy King or something like that, I don't know if that, you would have that kind of clout behind you. And, or if you were, even though if you were that talented, I don't know if you'd have that kind of, uh, you know, su- structure, infrastructure, support network, that sort of thing to get you moving in that direction. I think it's going to be the exception. Now for kids sitting out, that trend I could see start to develop. I don't think it's right because that would be, you know, it could be the ultimate in being very selfish and not coming to your teammates. I've heard the argument, well, people get hurt, you know, you could get hurt and all that sort of bit, bit and, you know, you would be uh, unavailable for your team. Well, what makes you think that you're going to play that following freshman season at the respective college you're going to be playing football at anyway? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, this so, uh, this is – man. It really is. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, and I find it fascinating, and I, I kind of want to see the reception he gets there at Ohio State and how this goes down. And I want to see how state lawmakers respond to something like this because one of the reasons being given is that uh, the, the way the state law is written right now, these high school kids cannot make any money on the NIL. Now, I, I mean, they, they could go get them a job up at the Sonic or something, or they can get a summer job, but they can't do the name, image, and likeness like they can do at the collegiate level. Other states... Uh, I, I don't really have this. But, again, once he gets on campus and is an Ohio State property as far as a student, then, then it doesn't matter. He's He yeah. can do NIL to his heart's delight. So um, this is going to change a lot. And, you know, I, I don't feel too bad for South Lake Carroll because something tells me they'll find another quarterback. But I would say mm-hmm. for his teammates and the guys that he's come up with, I bet they do yeah. feel somewhat abandoned. The the, yeah, the, the offensive line and the wide receivers that he's come up with playing. Yeah, I think that you know he's going to be the guinea pig in all this, and you know this, and, and again, just to back to the point, just in the locker room itself at the at the collegiate level with your Bryce Young deals and what have you, that's going to be another issue that college coaches have to gravitate in the current state. I don't think you know Ryan Day at Ohio State has to worry about that so much in terms of you know what Ewers is going to be doing up there. Just at, I think he just has to find out how it's going to play and what these deals are 
and how it's going to impact it. Because I, I don't foresee Ewers, you know, being the starting quarterback until unless every Ohio State quarterback falls on his face uh, somewhere in the middle of the season, and they need to find and they need to, if they go to Ewers, Ewers, excuse me, I always trip over his name, but if they go to him sometime in the middle of the season, that kind of tells you that Ohio State season is up and down uh, at that point, in my judgment. All right, we are talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals.com. Kevin does a nice job, also does uh, Alito football. Uh, there is a kid coming in to his sophomore year at Alito who was at Baylor's camp the other day, Kevin, and uh, his name is Hoss, H-A-U-S-S, uh, Hoss Haney, H-E-J-N-Y. I just want to put him on your radar because he just left All Saints and at these camps, he's been lighting it up. He's extremely fast, and he's got a great arm, and he just needs to grow a little bit. So he's about he's about 5'11", 6 feet, but uh, his dad played at TCU. So just keep your eye on that since you have those <laughs> Alito ties, all right? Yeah, uh, they, they actually uh, – yeah, he's going to be backing up a kid by the name of Brandon Fowler Nicolosi, who was a move from Arizona, who actually, I think, visited Baylor one time uh, last summer as well, so – uh, okay. I expect the Bearcats to have another solid season. It's kind of hard to ignore when you've won nine championships in 12 seasons. Yeah, Coach Buck seems to seems to have a pretty good thing going. Uh, hopefully none of those players uh, run off and skip their senior season. All right, um, I, I did I did want to ask you, though, about the uh, – we, we've been following this Patton kid uh, yes. from uh, – where, tell me where that is to, uh, in East Texas, uh, that, that, that program. It's a four-star player who, uh, and, and to me, um, Kevin, this sounds like Baylor really won an important recruiting battle, especially given you know the, the unknown status of the Big 12 and all of that. This seemed like a really good moment. Tell us about this kid and that program he comes from. Yeah, Jeremy is uh, Jeremy Patton. Uh, you know, he, he's a high three-star, low four-star, depending on which uh, rating service you prefer. Um, Whichever the he, he's from Tenaha, which prefer. is about thirty minutes. Which he's about thirty minutes, about thirty minutes away from Nacogdoches. Uh, given his size, about six one, two hundred, give or take. You know that sort of thing. He's a guy that I think that Baylor could see him playing in the star. He could be bigger to where they might move him to, the, to an outside linebacker. I mean, he's gotten bigger. Uh, he's a he's a he's got great instincts. Uh, great lateral movement, especially on the perimeter, which is where you want him to be. Uh, sure-handed tackler, playmaker. Uh, I really like him. He's a well-respected kid than his teammates. Um, and I've talked to him maybe three times, I think, over the course of the last couple of months. And uh, he's very respectful. He came to the Rivals camp in Coppell in April and uh, did a great job uh, showing out there with all the skills competitions that he was going through there. And as far as Baylor winning this battle, uh, with really what it came down to with Michigan and Texas, it's another big win. It's probably like their third biggest win of, of all the recruits that they've won, in my judgment, besides George uh, Malai and, of course, uh, Zach Pyron. Uh, and then, of course, you can throw in Trey Emery uh, on that as well. Uh, those four guys, this is a huge thing. And the way this defense is structured under Dave Aranda and the way they sold that position to him or just how he can be an influential part of future defenses is important. Now, others can say, well, this, you know, Michigan and Texas were backing off and Baylor was his only choice. I never believe that from the standpoint, if you've gone this far with these other schools and you've taken official visits to those two schools, they may have only backed off only if 
they got the sense that he wasn't going to come there. And that's kind of where you leave it with it. But, yeah, this is a great win for them. I kind of thought I really like Baylor's chances in this. Uh, I just, for whatever reason, that I just never foresaw him going up to Michigan, despite there was so much chatter about that uh, over the yeah. previous month. Well, I, I get nervous when, when the kid says, you know, oh, change of plans. We're going to go five. I mean, you know, it, it happened one time to Kansas basketball. The kid said he went to bed a Baylor Bear and he woke up a Kansas Jayhawk. We all know yeah. how those things happen. <laughs> but yeah. I was, uh, but that was great news. Now, okay, this other one, uh, this other player, Reggie Bush the second. Now, I'm very, very intrigued. I don't think it, you at Rivals or any of your competitors really have a ton on him simply because you know he didn't get a lot of touches. He did, but but the few touches he had at Frisco Centennial, um, he did a really good job, and it was like ten yards per carry. I think yeah. every time he touched it, he was doing something with it. What is his background, and and how did this happen so quickly? Was this a kid that they were able to kind of keep under the radar, and and um, and and why do you think he hasn't played as much? Well, I think uh, that part I don't know just yet. But, I, but you know, at Independence last year, what, five games, and he was primarily as a running back playing both sides of the field. But, but Baylor really likes him at defensive back. They really needed more help in the secondary, and that's where they really worked him out at uh, over the camp. They had been talking with him over the past couple of months, so give or take May, something like that. Um, and I think they probably, you know, keep in mind that when they were having a ton of kids come through their camps in their unofficial visits in June, they were also working out some other DB candidates, and they just apparently didn't like what they saw from the individual workouts or even from the camps. Something, though, about Reggie Bush, the second, though, obviously appealed to them. And then, uh, you know, he calls Baylor his dream school, so his dream did come true. But I think with the workout with Kevin Curtis, he was at the barbecue after the camp on Saturday, so things just started to move rapidly. One thing that you do like about him is the fact that he's 6'1". So if you've got a corner that can play 6'1", and has natural ability, which is what he said that the coaches liked about his game in the secondary, yeah. limited as it might be, those are things that you have to play to your advantage. If you have tall corners who can still run like the wind, it makes a big difference in how you want your secondary. I mean, Matt, look how good Baylor's secondary played last year under a first-year coach and stuff with very little coaching. And, I, and it kind of gets you excited about that, all of, the, of what they can do with guys that are going to be actually coming through their system for four years. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it gets me excited just hearing the guy's name, Reggie Bush. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've encouraged Baylor to get his parents a house there in Waco. <laughs> you know, they, they need to uh, you know, just make sure that he, he has the eye block with the area code of a 214 on it, I think. Or is it, what is it, what is the area code up there in Frisco? Uh, when, when Reggie had those. 817 uh, or. Four yeah, six nine or, or something like that. Four six nine or something like that. Yeah, but uh, no, good kid. Seems to be re- pretty respectful. Developed a pretty good relationship with Kevin Curtis, the new defensive backs coach. And if you if you click with those coaches, and again, he says to me, and it may be formulaic from a lot of kids, but he says to me, what a lot of other Baylor commits or prospects have said over the year is that they just get this genuine feel from the coaches staff of the family atmosphere that's being built. By that, if you've got that, I mean that goes back to culture. I mean that's the first step in building your culture is is something like that. And if that's really consistent, and if the kids can pick up on that, um, that makes a huge difference moving forward. I don't know if you're going to win a lot of games, but I mean, it, but it, it, it doesn't. But you've got to have it if you are going to have a chance to be competitive year after year. 
All right, buddy. Uh, I expect to see a little write-up. Hunter, uh, excuse me, Hoss Haney, Alito quarterback, transferring over there, should be able to take over by the time he's oh, a I'll junior. All right, Kevin. I'll be, I, I'll, be, I'll be seeing him in a few weeks, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Take a peek. Take a peek. See what you think. See if the Mosley scouting report was correct. Uh, Thank you, Kevin. All right, Matt. Take care. Good to see you. Kevin Longquist. Yeah, yeah.